all the dogs with Chancey and Chi, and we won a football game. All right, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> uh, had a big win this weekend against Mississippi State. Just needed to get a, a win under our belts after uh, just COVID and, and and stuff happening. And but man, we that game did not go how I anticipated. Uh, no. It went no, no way. Everything we talked about last week, none of that happened. <laughs> it went a completely different direction. Actually, quite the opposite of mm-hmm. of what we anticipated happening happened. But uh, we are here and we got the W. What's our uh, what's some initial gut reactions you had? Well, thank God we won. I I think that um, <laughs> there's a lot. The funny thing is there's a lot of people. I feel like there's a lot of people in the Georgia fan base that are ha- happier about a you know one touchdown and extra point win over Mississippi State, happier about that than than you know a more dominating win simply because we finally put up some offense and we finally have a quarterback, which of, of course everything coming into this game was about let's see what J T Daniels does, and I thought that I mean I thought that he would play well. Uh, I don't know when the last time. Actually, I think I saw it the other day. I think Aaron Murray was the last last uh, quarterback we've had that put up 400 uh, plus points, which makes complete sense because uh, since then we really haven't had much of a passing game. Uh, whenever, especially whenever you start off right after him with the likes of Hudson Mason and then Grayson Lambert, and yeah, you know, then you have guys transfer and from regressed and you know whatever. It is what it is, but it is one of those things that uh, Chancy did we. Do you think that we traded the football gods a good defense for a good offense? Minus a running game. <laughs> it's more like we gave up everything yeah. to be able to get a quarterback that can that can uh that can do some damage. I I think one thing we have to do before we talk about any of this is we played a two and four Mississippi State team. Like yeah, let's just. I think we have to put all that in perspective. Let's 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 lower. There's people on both ends of the spectrum. Everybody that's super pissed about this game, and then there's people that are just crazy amped up. That's like, okay, we found our guy. There's no more problems. We're yeah. good. Yeah, it's like, like we oh we found a quarterback and we're fine now, which is and, not and the case. That is not the case at all. And I think Mississippi State had a great game plan going into this football game, especially from a defensive perspective. They yeah. said, we're going to load the box. All of our linebackers are going to stay tight, and we're going to – we're going to we're, – we're going that running back is not going to get anything, and we're going to force you to throw the ball, which you have not been able to do for the last few games, and make you beat us down the field. Like, yeah. we're going to give up the explosive play because you haven't had any of those. Mm-hmm. And we took advantage of that. But if you look at it, they complete. Obviously, they stopped our run game. We had eight yards rushing. Yeah. Uh, the sacks and all that kind of play into that. But we did not have any. We got nothing going in the running game. I mean, our run blocking was as piss poor as it could have been. And because they didn't always just blitz the entire time. Yeah. But they game they game plan for us beautifully when it came to their to their, their front seven, really front eight. They, they, they loaded the box the whole mm-hmm. game and didn't let us do anything. So we had to have somebody come in and be able to take advantage of that in the air, and JT did that. And JT went to who our talent was, went to 
George Pickens went to Jermaine Burton. The two guys that we talked about at the beginning of the year were probably going to be our go-tos mm-hmm. uh, once once we knew who our wide receivers were going to be and, and took advantage of them, put them in position to do well. And I think, yeah, I mean, if you want to nitpick about it, the guy underthrew some balls, but he threw the he threw catchable balls. He threw mm-hmm. catchable balls. He put them. He put our guys in a position to make a play, and we just hadn't had that all year. Yeah, and. I thought that they game planned for us very well and forced us to do the one thing we hadn't done all year. Unfortunately, we were able to do it. But at the same time, we still have not. He we we saw we saw him throw a deep ball, which we saw him throw a lot of deep balls, which was great, and he mm-hmm. threw them well, and uh, and our receivers played well, and it's nice getting our receivers amped up about a guy who can throw the deep ball because that makes them want to go after it more because they know. Yeah, the guy's going to throw a good one. Yeah, but at the same time, um, didn't throw a lot of passes over the middle. Didn't throw a lot of those those slant routes or anything like that. Really, just a lot of deep balls. We just it was nice to it was nice to get those. But I thought he threw the ball really well. It was great to see that. Um, but at the same time, we can't get we can't get overhyped for this. Like we we can't just we can't just throw all inhibitions to the wind and say all right we're good quarterback. Yeah quarterback issues are issues are over but I thought for his first game you could not have asked for anything better nah, I mean I'm, I'll take a I'll take a 400 yard performance and I mean he he also I mean it's not like he you know threw 400 yards on like you know 50 or 60 attempts like I think he what was it he had 38 is that right yeah so yeah, he was 28 to 38 I think 20, 28 to 38 that's pretty I mean pretty solid had like a 90 I just saw he had a 96.2 QBR uh you know obviously four touchdowns and you know what and a lot what, of those balls dropped yeah like let's let's make that clear too yeah yeah I mean George George he, he dropped one on the on the play that I, I, I mean a lot of people have been retweeting this on Twitter and and I completely agree with them I I, I thought that one of, of, of Daniel's best plays was whenever he evaded a sack like twice in, <clears throat> in the pocket and then just immediately found Pickens you know, streaking down uh, the middle of the end zone and, and put it between two defenders to get to him. And I'll say that. I mean, I'll say that was – it was really, honestly, it was a catchable ball. I mean, it wasn't like he, he threw it behind him. I mean, it was still in a very much so, especially whenever you're, you're a guy like Pickens and, you know, you're 6'3 and you have the range that you do. But – I thought that that was honestly his best play. That obviously did not did not come up with a touchdown. I want to go back to something you said earlier about the offensive line, and and, and I mean, what we watched, we've just been seeing some of these same problems. I mean, we've seen some strong pass protection. I mean, I think they gave up one sack, maybe two, uh, but for the most part, I mean, I feel like JT was probably pretty comfortable back there, and but then. Run, running uh, and pushing the ball down the field on the running game just was non-existent. But I will say there's one one guy that I, I'll just have to single out on his performance. I mean his his grade in this in this game had to have been a 25 or less because Justin Schaefer got whooped up and down the field. It was ugly. I it was like every time that there was any kind of pressure or every time that that we didn't move the ball, it was on the left side of the of the uh, of the line and it. it it was mostly at 54's fault. Now, I mean, you can go down the down the whole offensive line. I mean, Ben Cleveland got whooped several times as well. Trey Hill is still having problems with with getting the snap at, at chest height. 
I mean, the guy's throwing the balls. I mean, he's slinging the balls way above our head, and it's throwing off the entire timing of, of the play. And, I, I mean, that's a small thing, a small detail that, you know, in the past I feel like we've been able to shore up, but he just cannot get past that. I mean, but he's obviously I feel like he's still one of the better blockers on the team, and he's one of the most experienced, if not the most experienced, well, Ben Cleveland's the most experienced because he's been here for 17 years. But <laughs> aside from Ben, uh, you know, Trey's the most experienced offensive lineman on, in the group. Uh, but you expect a guy like Jamari Sawyer. The left side of the uh, offensive line has been really, honestly, been been uh, a lot of a, dis- a, a disappointment, pretty big disappointment because Jamari Sawyer, I remember whenever he was coming in, everybody thought that he was going to beat out Andrew Thomas or Isaiah Wilson. There were people that were talking about him being NFL ready straight out of high school, and we just really hadn't seen that as much. Um, so I just wanted to focus. I mean, like, not on, it's not just the running backs not getting in space or making moves or whatever. I mean, it was the running game was really, I would say, put it on, put it on the shoulders of the offensive line. I don't know why we didn't run on the right side of the uh, O-line as much because uh, I feel like McClendon had a better game McClendon had a, had a pretty good game. Honestly, he might have had the best game out of all the offensive linemen. Uh, but just getting past that, the offensive performance, I, I, I agree with you. I thought that the Mississippi State defense did exactly what they needed to do to us. Um, and it's like you said, we just have not had that threat until now to get behind the defense. And whenever you got guys like Burton, I'm just going to say this, man. Burton, I think he's the best receiver on the team. What he has shown me, he's not as rangy as Pickens. I, I, I love Pickens, and I think he's talented. And, I mean, there's an argument for either. But where, where Pickens is, is he's he's a he's an in-space guy. Like, he'll, he'll find the space. He'll find the void. Or he's a sideline guy. Because he doesn't have the speed to beat somebody down the field often. You know, he's going to he's gonna be the guy that's going to get in space. He's, gonna, he's rangy, and he can go up and get it, right? So, I mean, and you watch a lot of his routes. I mean, he runs a lot of out routes. He runs a lot of sideline routes. And he runs a lot of, of option routes where he can sit between a linebacker and a safety or a linebacker and a cornerback. So, anyway, uh, I like that about Pickens. And I think he's a hell of a playmaker, has great hands. But where Burton is great is where you find an elite receiver. Like, he looks more like a, a Devontae Smith and a Jalen Waddle than, than Pickens does, if that makes sense. And... I love I love his speed, I love his agility, and his route running is good. He's just a little shorter than Pickens. He's just not. He just does not have quite the range. But uh, what I've seen from him, I mean, he's more of a deep deep threat and a cross field threat, and I like that in receiver. But I mean, those are just some observations on on the offensive side. I mean, what is there anything to even say about how the running backs played? I mean, Kenny McIntosh was back. I didn't, we didn't see him do much. Well, you, you you already hit on it, and I was gonna. Uh, I definitely want to echo what you said. Our running backs didn't have time to do jack. I mean, they were getting they were getting touched as soon as they got the ball. I mean, thank God we were able to get the the ball. So it was just it felt like anytime we ran the ball, it didn't matter how we ran it. Yeah. I don't know what uh, with our run blocking scheme, we just could not figure out. But those guys just blew right through us, mm-hmm. and that was and and we we knew coming in, and we kind of talked about it. The strength of their defense was. Their, their their line and, and their their front seven and and they they showed up man I mean they showed up to play ball they knew we were struggling mm-hmm. they wanted to win this game and they very well could have and if if JT did not have the game that that he had we would have been we we got beat up and down the field yeah because we couldn't put anything together and you're right it was nothing to do with our running backs they couldn't wait for 
anything to develop because nothing was going to develop. There was no holes that were going to – it wasn't like they were shooting the gap before it was even there. It was – there was nothing to go off of. And, I, and, and, and you can't abandon the run because you have, you have to make sure that they're staying honest to the run. So you, you do have to run the ball. But, but I, I'm kind of like – we did start to try to mix it up a little bit in how we were running the ball, but it just – it was not there. Yeah. But uh, – Well, you would JT, think in, in a situation like that we would run run a few screens, running back screens, and, like, just throw them off, throw them off balance on their end, you know? But 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 even though when we try to do some screens, I know some of the wide receiver screens, stuff like that, we still couldn't put that together. I mean, they're yeah. got, they just – anything less than 10 yards, <laughs> they were there. They just they, – they said, you're not going to run the ball on us. Right. You've yeah. got to beat us deep, and we did. Thank God, but um, but they just they said you're not going to get anything inside this ten yards. Like we're, we're gonna we're gonna hold the fort down, and they did, and they they blew us up pretty good. But what what I will give the running backs is their pass protection. Those guys play their tail off protecting mm-hmm. JT. I mean, yep. really, a lot of what you saw from from JT getting time to throw the ball was those running backs. Because if you saw when we had an empty backfield, a lot of those times, that's when the pressure would start. To, one of those sacks came off an empty backfield when yeah. our, our line couldn't handle them. And, uh, and so our, our, our running backs, they, they protected him well. So I, w- I want to give them that because, because you're right. They did not have a chance in hell of getting anything. And when they did, I think Zamir had a few – we had a few runs for – I don't know if we had a run longer than 10 yards. But um, – but, yeah. I, yeah, I know we yeah, had. I, I know we had like we five, well, six, seven. Zeus apparently had a ten-yard run. We, we we started to open it up a little bit whenever we had to have some running yards, some rushing yards at the end of the game, a little bit. Well, they had to. Zeus, they eventually Zeus got had a couple of decent runs. Well, they eventually had. They had to uh, start to play for the deep ball because <laughs> because JT was actually hitting, hitting yeah. the deep ball. We were actually catching them. Yeah. But yeah. But we that was not. In, in the game plan, and I'm hoping that moving forward, now that we've got JT in at quarterback, that's going to force the defense to spread out a little bit, That the defenses that we play, and we'll be able to take advantage of that. But, man, we could not figure that out. And Matt Luke's got to get in there and figure out what the hell went wrong because we just and, – and there's a difference between them selling out and us just not being able to block anybody. Yeah. Like, we, we couldn't stop anybody – we couldn't slow them down just a, just a fraction of a second to get any kind of momentum in the running game. So I don't know what we got to do going into next week to, to fix that. There was one play, speaking of, of, of Schaefer just getting blown up every play, <laughs> there was one play that it was it was the same thing we were talking about last week. It was just like, man, whatever can go wrong it went wrong because it was, it was a high snap. Either Ben Cleveland or McClendon was pulling from the other side but uh, to to kick out the end on on the running side, <laughs> but Schaefer got blown up so much he got he ran into the guy that was pulling. Running back ran into both of them and knocked them both over. And then two defenders, two Mississippi State defenders, are sitting there like, "This is the easiest tackle for a loss I've ever had in my life." They just blocked each other. It was it was almost comical at times. It really was. And and then you know how do you go from that to having. I mean, I'm sure our passing grade as an entire offensive line was significantly better. Uh, I, mean, I really felt like they, for the most part, they kept JT off the dirt. Now there was a couple times early on. There was one sack earlier on that I was like, "Ooh, this could be this could be bad." Also, JT threw a 
a near pick six on his first drive. Uh, just a couple scary things. But, I mean, you got to give the kid credit. I mean, he was the star of the show on Saturday, and he showed up, and he did his job, and he came back. I mean, like, after throwing that uh, near pick six, like, he came back and moved the ball down the field with ease and controlled the offense. I mean, his his temperament is great. I mean, it's exactly what you want to see. I mean, he's obviously got the athleticism, but you want to see a quarterback who's going to take that leadership role and put on that helm and, and, and be ready to go and, and be the field general. And um, I felt like we saw a lot of that. And then you saw his, you know, post-game uh, press conference, and the guy, obviously, you know, he's he's a very respectful young man and, like, he presents him, himself well. So I respect – you know, everything that he did on Saturday night from both the on-field and off-field uh, uh, perspective. And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how much of that was, okay, this guy's the truth, and how much of that was we just played a Mississippi State game, I mean, team, that was 2-4. and four. And, 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 and I will say, they schemed, like you said, with their, with their defense, they schemed equally well with their offense because all they did was dink and dunk us. I mean, it was like a death by a thousand stabs. Is that what they call it? <laughs> or whatever. A thousand cuts, but yeah. A thousand you cuts. Stab a thousand times, you're going to die, too. So, yeah. And, it was, it was, that, it was and, scary on both sides. Well, well yeah. And, and just to kind of, for me, to, my, my thoughts on, kind of wrap up my, my thoughts on JT, too. He, he came into the moment. And he seized his opportunity. The guy threw. He had he had a couple balls that definitely should have been picked off. Mm-hmm. A, a couple moments that you you question, but the guy did did what we had to do. His movement in the pocket was very good. I, I was very when, when the pocket was collapsing, he spun out of, of of a few moments and made plays, kind of what you're talking about earlier. And I thought he he never he was never panicking in that situation. Mm-hmm. If 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 he got sacked, it was because that pocket collapsed on top of him, and the guy hopped back up. And, and what you and one of the things that we have assumed here for a while is the reason why the guy hasn't gone into the game yet is you're afraid of him getting hit. Is he mentally prepared of coming back? Or does he trust his knee? Is he ready to to kind of take on the mental load, not so much the physical? We know the boy can play ball. The guy did incredible his freshman year. So we, we know he's got the, the talent and he can throw the deep ball and all this kind of stuff. But he went out and he and he showed that he can handle the pressure. I mean, it was a night game in Sanford Stadium. Either way, coming off of coming off of I mean, basically two two out of the last three games we've lost and they were our bigger biggest games of the season. Yeah. And we've lost both of those. And we have no momentum at this point. And he created that momentum. He got the ball to our star receivers to our most talented receivers and gave them a chance. And you saw Pickens light up. You saw Jermaine light up because they had a chance to go and make, make plays. Kiaris had a good game too when you don't count the drops, but he had his touchdowns and the guy, it was good to see him back playing. And um, and they just, they I, I thought getting the ball to those guys and, and throwing it a little more gets them energized because they know they're going to have chances. They yeah. know we're going to be throwing the ball, and they know that once they once you see the run shut down, those boys know that they're going to get a chance at the ball. So they got to go make a play, and this was obviously Georgia's most productive game of the season. And I think what we realize now is Pickens. I mean, you, your receivers are going to be as productive as their quarterback allows them to be, but at the same time, JT gave him more opportunities than he's had really all season on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he got the ball. He he got targeted a lot, 
And JT said it after the game. He said, I got Jermaine and I got George, and I'm going to throw to those guys. He's like, you're crazy not to throw to those guys. Yeah. And yeah. And, and something I don't think we talked about enough is that is that we, we talked about it, and Stetson really, probably just didn't have that chemistry with those two guys, uh, or with especially with George. Um, he definitely threw it to Jermaine, but definitely not with George. You didn't see those throws to him a lot. And George, I'm, I'm sure, had just didn't have confidence in Stetson that – He's going to get him the ball because I mean he really didn't. So <laughs> really that that often. I mean he had a couple catches a game maybe before he got hurt. But JT went to him. JT threw the ball to him and put him in positions to succeed. Yep. And and then you see George go and get that touchdown. I mean just incredibly incredible touchdown. A credible credible catch from his perspective. But a hell of a throw from JT. I mean, JT put it where only only Pickens could get it, and Stetson couldn't make that throw. No, oh, way. yeah, they, well, and, they, and, and that and, happened. And that goes for a lot of Pickens routes. Stetson yes. could just simply could not make those throws, and I mean, which makes complete sense. I mean, he probably couldn't even see him over the offensive line. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to bring to bring that point back up, and, but and, the, but JT is. I will say JT is. I don't think he's a true six three, but I mean he's he's definitely a lot taller than Stetson is. Well, but he's but he's throwing. I mean he's just he's got a bigger arm than Stetson, but at, at the same time he was going. He made an effort to go to our guys, go to those guys, and say I'm going to throw you the ball, mm-hmm. and and getting those guys bought into what you're doing is a huge piece of of getting them of, of creating that chemistry that we've been missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting them – because that's what we were talking about, those 50-50 balls. You've got – I mean, all the, the teams in the country that are that are that have those receivers, they've got that chemistry with their quarterback that they're going to go up and make those plays in those situations. And George looked like a guy who was going to be – who's going to do that down the line during that game. He was running his routes better. He was getting himself open. And you just – you felt it with him. And and I attribute a good chunk of that to JT because he knew he was going to go to him, like yeah. he, he knew they had that relationship. And um, well, bottom line, they were having fun. Like oh yeah, and he, and you saw it. You saw the video of Pickens and and Burton and I don't know who the other one was. They were in the video afterwards, and they were just jumping around, singing and dancing, and all this stuff in the locker room. And and that goes that goes a long way, man. I mean, that football's supposed to be fun. I mean, go out there and do your job. Let's win the ball game, but I mean, go have have fun doing it. And whenever you saw those guys start to be productive, that starts to get, I mean, it it, it is infectious. And and all of a sudden you start to get like Pickens makes that play in the end zone, and Burton's like, Nah, man, I'm gonna I'm about to up you, I'm about to up you. And then he goes down and and goes up and gets that ball on, on the flag on the uh, off sides, goes up and gets that ball. And the next thing you know, we're we're putting touchdowns. I mean, we're scoring touchdowns. Of forty-eight and almost fifty yards down the field that we never dreamed of before earlier in the season. So they're, I think they're just really pumped, man. They're just excited to have somebody that's able, literally has the ability to get it to them. Yeah, and and like I said earlier, if you're going to nitpick, he did th- he did throw some short balls, uh, but if you look over the course of the season, a lot of those kind of mid-range balls we were we were overthrowing them or just not putting them in a place where anyone could catch them. Yeah, and I and, and I guess to get on the um, I don't know which, which route we want to go with this, but um, I guess let's talk about the defense. And then I want to talk about how the coaches have approached 
this whole situation here. Real, real quick. I, oh, you want to say, okay, the, you want to go to the coaches? Out? Okay, all right. We'll, yeah. we'll go yeah. to the defense then. Do you want to start? <laughs> well, I, well, I'll go with I it. was about to bring up the JT Daniels father thing, but we can, you want to wait and bring that up with the coaches? Yeah, let's, 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 okay. let's wrap up with some JT. Let's, let's, leave, them, let's leave the people just, just hanging on a little bit okay. in this, right. uh, this, how, how we're going to get there. Okay. But uh, defensively, and, and you, you talked about it, about it earlier, um, talking about defense a little bit, I mean, Mississippi State does not have a run game at all and scored a couple rushing touchdowns and that kind of thing. Didn't have a huge presence in the run game, but we stopped that. We, we They tried to do that, tried to try to be a little more balanced. And they ran the ball more than they normally do yeah. uh, against us, and uh, we, we kind of – And they still we, threw the ball 52 times. <laughs> oh, yeah, and which is just – which is insane. But we obviously – Kept the run game at bay. That that just doesn't really exist for them. Their their run game consists of like five yard quick routes and stuff like that. That's how they do that. They dink and dunk, and we just simply were not going to give up any deep ball play except when we did give up a deep ball play because we screwed up the the coverage and and let the receiver just streak down the sideline. But we just decided from a defensive perspective that we were not going to let a single thing get behind us. So we're going to drop back. 10, 15 yards every play, and then, then rush whatever we, whatever they dinked and dunked. And Will Rogers took advantage of that man. Uh, I mean, he he really picked us apart. Give that and, kid as all the credit in the world. He played oh, his yeah. tail off. Take take and the whole premise. And, and Kirby talked about it uh, in one of his press conferences within the last couple of days. He was like, they asked what kind of defense do you want to be, uh, or how do you want to. How do you want to be? And he's like, take what they give you. Offensively, take what they give you. And 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 Will Wat Will Rogers, <laughs> Will Rogers. <laughs> he took he took what we gave him. I mean, yeah. he literally. Yeah. You saw our receivers. If you you're watching from the you're watching. I know you were there, but if you're watching the game on TV, I mean, our our defense our defensive backfield on TV they just started running. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> only the partially there, Chancy. <laughs> <laughs> a few brain cells of yours were there. <laughs> but, yeah, but, no, it, yeah. it is funny. Oh, and by the way, when I was re-watching the, the game, because okay, I, I, I re-watched the whole thing uh, on Sunday, and, uh, yeah, I, the, the cameraman was, was bad. He was oh, like, yeah. he it was like, it was like even the cameraman was so tuned to to think that we there's no way we're going to throw the ball past 25 yards down the field <laughs> and every time we did it was like oh 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 let me get a little bit more that one pump that one pump fake jt had i mean he almost broke the swivel on that camera <laughs> yeah. he just spun that yeah. crap somewhere but he got used to it real quick uh but yeah i just thought that i was like man this is some of the most shoddy camera work i've ever seen in my life yeah they uh, but they and and you can you may can attest to some of this but I just did not see why we had to give up so much, and and we are. Let's just let's let's back up for a second. We are decimated on defense. I mean, in terms of injuries and just everything across the board, we are gashed. Yeah. And and that's a big deal. And I just don't know if we had to give up that. We just weren't we didn't want to give up any explosive plays. But at the same time, we we did not get and and to give them some credit too. They're their passes were so fast that you couldn't really get to the quarterback. I mean, we were we were getting some pressure on the line. If you go back and watch it, we were we were getting through their line pretty good, but their passes were so fast 
yeah. that we, we really didn't have a chance to get to the quarterback. And, and that's what Mike Leach has been doing his entire existence as a head coach. And 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 let's be honest, that is it's like you said earlier. I mean, you basically said that's that is their running game. Is how and they've been and they had the whole night. They had third and four or less yep. every the whole night because of that. Because I mean, if you can get three or four or five yards every play, I mean, you know, all it takes is three three plays to uh, to get a first down. And it's um, it's it's interesting to note that and Kirby pointed this out, and but it was very obvious. I mean, if you have some football sense and know a little bit about zone versus man defense. I mean, it's, it, you know, mostly, for the most part, self, pretty self-explanatory, but we played way more, significantly more zone in that situation because we knew we exactly what you said. We could keep that those kind of plays in front of us. But what, what you know, where the inexperience and the lack of our leadership in the defensive backfield, because, I mean, let's be honest, the biggest holes in our defense are, are, are Jordan Davis and Richie LeCount. I mean, they literally were the most important players to have on our defense. And they're gone. And since Jordan's been out, you've seen our defensive line started to be not exactly uh, so dominant. And then since Richie's been out, we've been had a lot of miscommunication in the defensive backfield. Like you don't worry about Stokes. I mean, hell, we I don't even remember Stokes playing last game because he's he's just that good. Stokes has been playing at a level. Stokes has been absolutely, in my in my opinion, has been significantly better than Tyson Campbell this year. And Stokes was a three star. You know, never, never really thought anything about him until you know a couple of years ago when he came on the scene and Tyson's the former five star. But I'm telling you what, Stokes is. I, I just had to bring him up because I mean the guy's been very the most consistent player on our defense this whole year. But without Richie back there and in, in, you know to to be the quarterback of the defense, I mean it's been it's been a struggle. I, that one game, excuse me, that one play against Florida, and not to bring that game back up. Uh, but there was a play against Florida where we had three defensive backs who were supposed to essentially have one guy that was leaking out towards them. They were doing another wheel route, and they're still doing wheel routes to this day. But there was one that – there was three guys that could have made a play on, and there was just – I mean, literally they were all looking on the other side of the field. And it's one of those things that that is half the battle is whenever you got a guy like Richie who knows where literally everybody on the defense is supposed to be, supposed to be uh, you know, just like I said, the quarterback of the defense, when he's gone, I, it just throws everything out of whack. And I mean, you've got Monty over there and you got Nakobe, but you got to have somebody that's in the defensive backfield that's going to be able to, to, you know, grab the wheel and, and control that thing. So after all that, they really, the weird thing is they, they gave up, it was like they gave up a few big third down plays and that give Will Rogers, like I said, give him all the credit, but they had that one play where they had a guy who crossed the entire field, basically running a long flag route across the field, and Will Rogers put it where only his guy could catch it. And it was that 31 who just – he he went for like 120 or something like that. That uh, number 31, he just destroyed us all night. But he ran a perfect route. It was a perfect throw. And then – but other than that, I mean, think about it this way, though, Chance. They ran the ball. There was They had two – I think it was four-yard – four yard to the goal touchdowns running the ball against us that shouldn't happen no way that should happen so so riddle me that how how does something like that happen we we have lost our identity on defense when it comes to our dominance up front and you talked about not having jordan davis we we don't know we we've gotten so 
hurt across the board and and but just having your two cornerstones it, it really just we're not we're not there right now because we because we even with all of our rotating and and how we how we would sub guys in and, and our our massive substitutions and things like that we relied on Jordan Davis and we're we're just seeing it now of how much we needed him for this defense to be as successful as it was because now you're having to scheme to make up for him and not having our guys yeah, scheme to, exactly to, right. to, to play their, to play their spot. And we just, we haven't figured it out yet. And I think that's, Dan's got to figure that out. I mean, Lanny's, that's, that's Lanny's job to get our guys in that position. And we just have not been able to, to, to figure, figure that out yet. And, um, he is being missed beyond measure uh, is, is just the easiest way to put it. Well, we really don't have another – I mean, <laughs> Jordan Davis is a large, <laughs> large man. There's not a lot of people that can match his size. I mean, he's just a mammoth human being. But we really don't have another true nose tackle on the team. And so whenever you have a guy like Jordan Davis in there, I mean – Chancy, I mean, it's just like what we're talking about with the Richie LeCount. Like, you know, you see the productivity in the defensive backfield go down. But with Jordan Davis, I mean, how much have we seen Trayvon Walker making plays? Devontae Wyatt making plays? Malik Herring? Like, where are those guys at? It's because they're having to fill that void. And they can't. They don't have that space. I mean, Jordan Davis is, is in there to take up two, maybe even three guys at times. And, I mean, a guy like Devontae Wyatt is seeing – I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you – I don't want, you know, anybody's draft stock to go down, but because of Jordan Davis's absence, I mean, his draft stock is, is starting to plummet a little bit. And, uh, I mean, I hope that means that maybe he might come back. I hope Jordan Davis comes back. But it's just uh, right now, man, our defense, defense is just lost. And I saw somebody talking about on the forums, and I canceled my subscription. Like, there's just too many idiots on there. But... <laughs> You know, I've seen people talk about, like, there's just a lot of overcoaching and, like, you know, we're making it way too complicated on them and things like that. And I was just like, so wait, were they overcoaching when we held Auburn to three points, you know, earlier in the season? You know, how about that stretch where we were averaging 10 points against us uh, during the season, you know? Or was it just because we we lost Alabama and Florida? No, it's because you lose two guys like that and, and there's some other factors that play into it. But you lose two guys like that who are the heart and soul of your defense and, like you said, the two cornerstones, it's going to throw everything out of whack. And it's and it's something that's fixable is the good news. But we need we need some guys to step up. I want to – like, we need to see Monty and N'Kobe take the reins on this on this defense because, I mean, there's nobody else. It is them. And, I mean, it's, it, Stokes can only do so much. I mean, he's on one side of the field. <laughs> But yeah. when you got guys, I mean, your middle linebackers are supposed to be your guys, be the leaders of the defense. So let's see if I'm, – I'm, I'm hoping they step up here. Well, and Monty, I mean, bringing him up, I mean, he's the guy that really the last few games has just been burned. I mean, mm-hmm. and he was the guy that we were kind of looking towards to be that, that senior leader, the guy that was going to take, take control. Mm-hmm. And he has just been burned left and right. He is not he, – he hasn't – I mean, he's he's been the guy covering the the running backs and and the last few games. I mean, obviously we're we're playing Alabama and, and Florida, and they've got some some great running backs, but we he just has not he has not been able to keep up and no. um and no one really has, and so I mean I think 
it, it kind of sucks that we're on the – we've lost what we're playing for in terms of we're not going to Atlanta. We're not playing for a playoff spot. I mean, that's yeah. cute. We don't deserve a playoff spot by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it, like we don't even – that conversation is, is a joke. But, but and like I talked about last week, we are playing for momentum into 2021. We are yeah. playing for how are we going to prep ourselves going into that season. And and because we, we've still got to win these games. I mean, we got South Carolina and Vanderbilt, and these are two teams that are on the downward trend and are not – and we talked about it at the beginning of the year. You, you beat – you have to beat Alabama or Florida for your season to end the way you want it to end. And we lost to both of them. Yeah. And – that's that's your season. I mean, those were your two chances. That's it. It is. And and, yeah. and and so we did have some injuries. We did have uh, we did have luck not really go our way. And and how this has all shook up. And the quarterback situation was topsy turvy. But so is the game of football. And that is. I mean, that's where we're at. And we were not able to adjust to our circumstances whether it be due to injury or due to uh, somebody getting suspended for a targeting or uh, over the course of the last few games. And that's just where we're at. And we didn't adjust, and we are where we are. And um, and so that's the last couple games here is going to come, and we may get to replay Missouri. We don't know that yet. Um, hopefully we do get to play that game. That gives us three more games to finish out the year. and uh, And I'd like to see that. And give JT some more time under the helm, and maybe we get a good bowl game or, or something like that. But I, I don't know, man. I, I think defensively, we now have, we now see the gaps that we got to fill, and um, we're not as good as we thought we were. Jordan Davis is better than we thought he was <laughs> because I mean, we we knew he was good, but our entire defense apparently stemmed around him and Richie. And and our which we weren't really talking about at the beginning of the year. We were talking about all these talents we had across the board. And we're like our defense is perfect. Nothing can stop us. And uh, which is how we really approached this season, and how the Georgia fan base approached this season. And it's like, oh wait, we are not perfect. We do have we do have places that we can improve. And and Jordan Davis probably him not being here has probably kept a lot of guys from being like. Oh, I'm not quite as good as I thought I was, and yep. I got a lot of work I got to do. And uh, this is—I've uh, been—we have—we got burned uh, a couple games, and part of that's coaching, but a lot of that is just guys being like, "Oh shoot, we got a lot of work we got to do." Mm-hmm. And and these—if you have to end a season schedule a certain once <laughs> once all your hopes and dreams are gone, and you have to end a season, this is the schedule we want to end it with to be able to build some momentum going into next year. I concur. It's a uh, it sucks because I mean we we've been here so many times before Chancey, you know, as Georgia fans, I mean how many times have you gotten halfway or a little over halfway through the season? I mean basically the turning point is always the Florida game. Uh, at least, you know, for us growing up. I mean, you know, in 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 a lot of people's opinion, you know, we and and honestly probably a fact we missed the national championship in 2002 because we lost to florida a bad florida team this is i'd say this florida team i mean we're giving 
I guess we'll give them a little bit of credit. I don't like to do it, uh, but we'll give them a little credit. Yeah, they're pretty good this year. They got a good offense. Uh, but bottom line is looking at the last the last week. Chancey, Mississippi State came into the game with 49 players on the sidelines. 49 players. They came out of the tunnel, and I laughed because it was like, we got this team that, like, they're going to start recruiting guys out of the stands to come play because they don't have anybody. And they came in there with a hell of a game plan, and they just they just took it to us. I mean, they did. They honestly matched us, like, like fight for fight. I mean, every every down, it was just like, what what can why why are we not dominating these guys? And they just had a really 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 good game plan. But bottom line is, you can't give up twenty four points with the the talent that we have on the defense. We can't give up twenty four points to a Mississippi State team who is two and four and has forty nine players on the sidelines. I don't care. I mean, like some of their best players were still there. I mean, yeah, but they still had some guys that were missing. Some guys that opted out and decided, you know what, this ain't for me. And hell, they could have been part of the history going to take down, you know, whatever we were ranked, 13th or 15th or something, uh, Georgia Bulldogs and Stanford Stadium for the first time in forever. But uh, thank God that didn't happen. Chancey, it's, uh, it's it just is not, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I, don't, I hate to sit back and, and start to poke at all the things that are glaring issues in this game because obviously we, we finally have a quarterback, so it's fun to talk about that. But I mean, Ideally, you win this game thirty-one to ten or thirty-one to seven, and it should have been that way. Um, but Mike Leach had a hell of a game plan. They had a hell of a game plan defensively as well, and we just did not have guys. For as much as Pickens and Burton and Kiris and Demetrius, Demetrius had a couple plays for as 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 pumped up as they were playing this game and having fun. It looked like the defense was like, man, I why am I even here? Tyreek Stevenson. Again, I, I don't like to point point out, you know, single out a bunch of guys, but what was that guy doing? What has he been doing? I feel like there was there, that play on the goal line. Go back and watch the game. One of their uh, short touchdown runs against us, uh, you know, and, and also we're way past the whole uh, we haven't given up a rushing touchdown to a running back in, in two years thing. That, that gone. That's gone. <laughs> Because whenever you give up a, a rushing t- uh, touchdown to a, a team that runs, that throws the ball for f- 58 times a game or something like that, or 50-plus times a game, uh, you're doing something wrong. But you watch, go back and watch that play, and Tyreek is literally just standing there. He's just watching the guy. And I understand, like, your your number one job is to watch a receiver and see what he does, but just a little bit a little bit of effort. Just uh, We're just not seeing a whole lot of it. But but I feel like our, I feel like our defensive game plan almost – played to the fact that we weren't going to be aggressive like i really felt you're, no that, you're right i felt like we i felt like we we game plans for a, a us being soft and, and therefore we played soft like we there was no and we talked about there's no pressure on the quarterback but you can't we didn't even attempt to 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 disrupt or to make things more difficult, we didn't play guys up at the line to get them off of those short, those mm-hmm. short routes. Like we, there was no disruption. It was we're just going to stop them from doing the thing that they game plan to do. We never tried to throw them off of their game plan. We said we're going to play to their game plan. And maybe I just don't. And, and obviously, I'm not saying I know more than our coaches do, but I, I, I guess they knew something that 
I didn't know, but we just never played like our whole deal has been havoc and physicality. Our havoc factor was a negative 30 this game. I mean, we caused no havoc. We caught, we had that one second in the game, and there was a couple times that we disrupted them. But you know they're going to pass it 58 times a game. And we didn't want to give up the big play, but they didn't have, they never, they didn't attempt the big play half the time. They're throwing those small, those short routes that they, you don't even give have time for a deep play to develop. And they lull you into a false insecurity, and that's when they try to go deep on you. But we, but hell, we were deep the whole time. We were playing a damn Hail Mary defense the whole game. We were not letting anything get past us. Yeah, we slowly moved up the, the linebackers throughout the, the, the second half. I mean, we didn't give them as much. And that's why, I mean, they only scored one touchdown in the second half. So, I mean, math. we, we math. did see a, yeah, math. That's just math. That's arithmetic. <laughs> math. Uh, <laughs> we did, you did see some improvement, which is nice. And I don't want to discredit that because you did see some adjustments at halftime. But it was still, we were still giving them all the yards they could, could muster within a, a five, five or less <laughs> yard span. So, I don't know. It's a, you're right. It's we were playing. I think you're exactly right. I feel like we weren't playing as we were playing less of our game and playing more of let's play to their game, which makes me think. And as we start to trend back towards the whole quarterback situation, which makes me think that going into a game against the South Carolina team that plays much more traditional ball in terms of. Uh, a run and pass balance and there's there's not there's a little more variety in terms of what you're going to see our, our defense can probably settle back into it was kind of like we played when we get into these one-dimensional teams that play a little differently it's not exactly like a georgia tech thing back with um, it's similar though it's i mean it's, it's, it's a passing georgia tech right it's to the point where it's just like they that you know they're going to do one thing and they're going to they're going to do it the whole time and you have to scheme for that but you don't you scheme for it. You don't scheme to it. I guess is you know what I'm saying like you don't your your job is to disrupt their scheme. It's it's not to play into that scheme and, and just defend it. You're supposed to disrupt it and yep. keep it and keep them from doing what they want to do. So hopefully going into the South Carolina game with a more traditional style offense with much more of a run element to it, we can kind of get back to what we do because. We held their run game to not much, but it's, but like you said, their third and short situations, they were able to move the ball, get get some yardage in the run game, score a couple touchdowns. I, there's there's stuff there that we have got to clean up, like yeah. and, and and I think maybe getting back to a more traditional style game uh, will will help with that. But there's a lot there we got to do. Well, it's a lot, it's it is really interesting. Um, you, you think about what they did, what Mississippi State did offensively. And I will say they did pretty, get pretty, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's as, just as much luck as it is skill, but they still converted a lot of third downs on some very, very, very good catches. Like th- there was a couple plays on this on their sideline where, I mean, of, of course, there was that one play that got reviewed and, and, and I, me and everybody else in the stadium thought, oh, there's no way. Like he, they put it on a dime. A couple of times, and it was just they were making every play that they needed to play, uh, needed to make, and obviously they were making a lot of short routes and a lot of short passing game and whatever. But whenever they needed a big play, they made it, and and that's that was the difference in the game. That's the difference in them scoring twenty four points versus ten. 
And so that's that's that's. I mean, I don't think it was a complete bust defensively. Like I said, second half was a lot better, but it's just one of those things that you got to shore up that. But I completely agree with you. The South Carolina game, we've seen this offense before. We had it for several years. What six, seven years, something like that. Uh, so yeah, we were. Um, I think we're pretty familiar with it. And there's also, thank God, we have a, a, at least some sort of uh, outside motivating factor, a little bit of a revenge game here from last year uh we've been needing that my friend because just a little bit more motivation goes a long way before we circle to the south carolina game and, and we have been going here for for a little while here but let's let me i want to get your thoughts on on how you feel about how this jt daniel situation has played out like I, i'm sure you saw the comments from his father and and all that and 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 what's your thoughts on on, on how it's all been managed we don't know everything that's happened during this whole JT situation. We don't well, we, know Diddley. We, we don't know, know Diddley doo-doo. And so we've talked we talk about it every week. I mean we've brought up JT Daniels every single week this season. And once he's been cleared, it's like, okay, when's he gonna see the field? And do I think and I've talked about this, do I think that Kirby is our is the quarterback whisperer? <laughs> no. The guy is not a quarterback whisperer. Uh, <laughs> the guy People are going to question how he's handled the quarterback position his entire time since he's been the head coach here. And you can make all the assumptions and things that you want to. Um, I definitely feel early on, if you look at Munkin's style of offense, he really, really, really wanted a mobile quarterback to play in his offense. His offensive scheme was going to include some moot from running from the quarterback perspective, which then opens up your running game. It allows one extra runner on the field. It plays into that. We started the season with DeWan Mathis. DeWan is the best runner we have at quarterback. Pretty obvious. We all knew that going in. The guy was doo-doo the first half of that Arkansas game. We're just like, all right, abort, abort. <laughs> we gotta go. We got to go a different route. Stetson shows up. And is somewhat mobile, has some plays. The guy can maneuver in the pocket a little bit. The guy's been playing football for a long time. He's 26, 29 years old, whatever, however old he is. Um, But the guy, he stepped into a position and played possibly his, not possibly, at his highest level in those situations. The guy showed up and showed out is really what happened. And so the coaches were in a situation to have to play the hot hand. But the hot hand got cold, and then when it got cold, it got cold real fast. Um, when in the Alabama game, I mean, there just it wasn't there. He just wasn't hitting it. Um, really wasn't there for uh, Kentucky. Um, we go into Florida, and um, the guy gets hurt. Actually, was playing a good game going into Florida. I mean, really, that first half of the game played pretty well. Hit some big passes. But Dewan, uh, then Dewan goes in after the injury and just doesn't show up. So everybody's asking the question, where was JT during all this? And I truly believe they don't – he didn't have a ton of reps with the first team there for a while. He obviously – and I can't remember what game Kirby talked about it, but basically once he was cleared, he started getting more and more first team reps. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that he shouldn't have started earlier in the season. But I feel like you have to, with a guy who's coming off of an ACL injury, 
You're also playing for his future. You don't want that guy to come in and then get himself hurt again. Do something conservative and not play his game that then leads him to doing something stupid that hurts his leg again and puts him in a bad situation. Um, There's probably ways that this could have been done better, and I'm not going to sit here and say that they handled it perfectly, but I'm not going to disagree with the call of holding him to this game. I mean – Something was keeping them from wanting to do that, and I'm going to sit here and and trust to a degree that we didn't know the whole situation. Yeah. Bottom line to me is, okay, look, us as fans, we see the, <laughs> the 2% of the product, you know, the 2% of the work, I guess, that goes into, you know, this, this football team on Saturdays. We see the, the the four hours that they're on the field, and, uh, and 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 that's it. And we don't get you don't get the the beat reporters in the practice anymore. You know, especially this year, it's it's a lot different. Uh, you know, you get very limited information. So what we know is nothing. Okay, so for us to go out and see him sling the ball out for four hundred yards, it's not, the coaches aren't blind. We're not we're not smarter than the coaches. If JT, I fully and completely believe if JT was ready, if it, 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 and and this relies on a lot of different variables. It relies on if people, if, if there's somebody that thinks that his parents don't have any say in this whatsoever, they're idiots. You don't send your kid across the country to go play for a guy and it not be some sort of factor, right? So you've got JT himself. How comfortable does he feel? Of course, he wants to get out there, but he's not going to be an idiot. I mean, you can tell the kid has a great head on the shoulders, right? So you've got JT, you've got his parents, you've got Ron Corson, who, yes, okay, medically clear, whatever, but that does not mean that he's ready to go and and feels comfortable in the leg. And then you have Kirby, and then you have Munkin. So you've got, at, at the very least, you've got like five people that are trying to make this decision, okay? And you saw the, I mean, I don't, I don't know how obvious it was on the TV, but I could definitely see he was a little gimpy at the end of the game. I mean, you could tell he was favoring that knee, and I just completely believe that it was it had no idea, no nothing to do with favoritism to Stetson. Do you think? Do you does, are there actually people that think that Tom Monken and Kirby wanted to play a former walk-on quarterback against Alabama? No, absolutely not. They knew who was going to be the guy eventually. Do you think that they... I mean, yeah, they wanted to try Dewan out. Dewan's the more athletic. To me, Dewan starting the first game proves that they did not want Stetson to be the guy. Does right. that not... I mean, to me, that's... I think that makes perfect sense. They wanted the more athletic guy, the guy with more promise, the guy with more potential. But, obviously, they knew JT's probably got the better arm at the end of the day and is a better true quarterback. And then we found out pretty quickly that neither Dewan or Stetson is the answer. And, and that's stuff that we can clearly see on, on television, and you don't think these people that see the other 98% of what goes into this, this football program, you don't, you don't think they thought the same thing whenever they were watching practice every day and studying film every day? So it's, it, to me, it's just the proof is in the pudding, okay? We've seen what he can do. We've seen that, you know, obviously he's obviously more productive and, more, and has a lot more talent than anybody else in the roster as far as quarterbacks are concerned. And and the guys aren't dumb. Kirby's not dumb. Monk is, isn't dumb. 
there's no I don't the, that's the one thing that sucks is like there's so many people that just think he just liked Stetson more like Stetson was his guy because he's like been there for longer and I just don't like there's just that just has nothing behind it and I just I'm tired of reading all this stuff which is why I canceled my subscription to that website but anyway um but then you all like it all circles back around after the game I guess Dog Nation got a hold or somebody got a hold of of JT's dad and JT's dad essentially said makes a statement saying hey we are completely comfortable with how coach smart has handled this situation and think whatever decision he made for our son is the best and obviously they know how JT feels they don't they don't come out and say that if they aren't happy with with how he's handled the situation is the way I look at it I don't know chance I feel like I rambled about that but I, I just feel I just can't believe that there's just so many people that think that Stetson like Kirby thought that Stetson was his guy because he's been his player for like 14 years <laughs> like I don't understand well and I, I I'm with you I, I if people I, I don't I, I struggle with our, our fan base because a lot of times people are stupid <laughs> and they just really this is one of those seasons we have been in I'd be challenged and this obviously because we are in it but I would be curious to see if anyone has had a quarterback carousel like we have had over the last 24 months I mean really just not even 24 months but I mean, you got if you go back to to Fields and with uh, with Fields and Fromm and, and having Kirby having to deal with that, but then if you go into Eason and Fromm and then just everything that's happened mm-hmm. over these last four years, I mean, we have had so much happen <laughs> at yeah. the quarterback position, and the fact that we're even getting good quarterback play is is a major deal. But let's also not forget we played one game with JT Daniels at quarterback against Mississippi State. Mississippi State, they're not exactly the most premier defense in the league. We're dealing with Mike uh, like with with the Mike Leach defense. He's not exactly known as a defensive powerhouse and he's also in his first year at head coaching at Mississippi State, not exactly known for having the most talent at at the, at their disposal. So we have to we have to take all of this with a grain of salt and just say JT came out and had a hell of a game. The guy played his tail off. If he comes back a week, if he does this, if he goes into to Jacksonville two weeks ago and does that, I don't think he, he does well. High risk of him getting hurt again. Two weeks on, on a leg like that is a, makes a huge difference. I cringed it every time that somebody got close to him. Oh, my God. Like, no, 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 no. Get back. <laughs> get, get away from him. Uh, and so I, I'm with you. I, I think – I'm not going to sit here and argue with when we put him back on the field because it really maybe this is just me. Not until within the most the more recent history have people been coming back from an ACL tear in such a short period of time and just been ready to go at a hundred percent. I mean, Chubb. It took him a whole season to get back into Chubb form, and now we and he's see a God, and now we see <laughs> that he is Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> the man holding up the world <laughs> and just manhandling people left and right. I mean, he is incredible. But he was he was basically dormant for a year. 
I mean, he was not himself for yeah. for a while there. And mm-hmm. it came back to that senior season for him to make for him to say, okay, this is the Nick Chubb that we always dreamed about and mm-hmm. knew he who he could be. And now he's showing that in the NFL. But JT Daniels, I mean, this just happened to him last year. And we expect him to come back and and him to just be a hundred percent of who he was as a freshman and 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 leading USC in the in the Pac twelve. And so I, I I'm I just don't I understand. I, I, I'm confident in how we're handling this and how we're approaching it. Are there ways I'm sure we can do better? Yes. But do I think we started him later than we should have? No, I do not think we started him later than we should have. And that's why. Well, I, I don't want to make you. I, I don't want to make you think. I. I mean that there's no possibility that he could have started earlier. But I mean, I just. I just don't. You know. Basically, I trust. Coach Smart over the talking heads is is, is what I'm saying, and oh, and the yeah. guys and because the talking heads, you know, as much as the us the just general fans know about two percent of what happens, the talking heads know about five percent. So there's another ninety five percent they don't have a clue about. So it's just I, I don't know. It's just I, I I really don't think that he was he was, and it's like I said, it's not just him. But everybody that's involved in this decision for him to play. I feel like there was there was some discomfort, whether it's one person or three people or whatever. There was either some discomfort or some disagreement, or some, you know somebody just was not ready for him to be playing at that point. And that, and now I mean I think I feel like okay, say he comes back against Alabama, and say he plays really well in the first half, and then. Uh, Starts to get a little hobbly in the second half, and then all of a sudden he re re tears his ACL. Okay, so just put, putting a, into that scenario right there, who who looks bad? Who looks really bad? Coach Smart looks pretty bad. It's like all right, well he brought him brought him back. Corson looks pretty bad. Like I, I was, what, did you make the right decision? You medically cleared him. What's the deal? And then, but then on top of that, it's like, okay, the fan base is going. It doesn't matter what happens. The fan base is going to freak the hell out. Because then you're going to have everybody thinking, okay, well, there's no way in hell he's going to come back next year because he's pissed off that we played him early. And uh, then he's going to transfer to somewhere else, transfer to to Clemson or Alabama or something and go win, win a national title with them. Why wouldn't he? You know, he's just going to rehab and then be ready for next season. So it's just there's just, sometimes you can't win for losing. So it's the better thing is to just, uh, just punt the ball down the field a few times. All right? So anyway, I we've kind of beat that to death. It's just it's one of those things that I just can't understand why people don't see, you know, how pe- people don't see some of the perspective. But then I also think about all the pain and anguish that we've we've experienced as a fan base, and I kind of understand it. <laughs> but I'm trying to be the voice of reason, which is weird for me to be saying that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I have experienced, we have experienced all that pain and more. But at the same time, you you do have to be realistic and understand that okay it's this kid's life at stake like it's his health yep. is he mentally there is he ready to go hell does the kid know the playbook the guy has not been able to get out there and practice a ton at 100 percent and he's only had a few weeks really and truly at practicing at 100 percent. he just got medically cleared like really only a month and a half ago or a month yep. ago whatever it is mm-hmm. and so the guy has not had a lot of reps under the gun 
And so you show him off, and everybody talked about it, and we, we talked about it. It's a win-win, lose-lose situation because you're either thinking about it realistically that, okay, we brought him back at the right time. If the guy goes out and plays well this game, we brought him back at the right time, he plays well, we got our guy going forward, we're in a good place. Or it's, why the hell didn't you bring him back earlier? Now we're, we've lost the season. You screwed this up, Kirby. It's your fault. I'm just going to be the first one to tell you, there is no one else in this country that I would want coaching us more than Kirby Smart. Like, let's just – there's no guy better fit for our program. All of – if you can take that one to the bank. There's no one else that's coaching football right now that I'd rather have at the quarterback at the University of Georgia than Kirby Smart. And that's the end of my statement. <laughs> I, I, I love it, and I, I agree. I mean, if you point me in a direction of somebody that you want to replace – Kirby Smart with, I point you in the direction of get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you the door, good sir. I just I, until I mean until you know, I don't want to say like he, he he. It's not like he he doesn't make some poor decisions at times. I mean I think everybody will say that, and he's, I mean the guy for for successful as he has been for, as a head coach, I I don't think we've like experienced a guy who's been so successful and so criticized. Like if, if if South Carolina had experienced the success that we've had over the last four years, don't you know they'd be freaking building statues? And I mean, they have Steve Spurrier on a poster in their stadium because he won like ten wins or something, or like has a SEC East championship. I mean, for love of gracious, it's just it's it's crazy. And and our fan base is hungry, and I appreciate that we. I mean, it's you see it year in year out. Our 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 fan base, and I mean. You love them and you hate them at the same time, but it's like we are passionate, okay? You got, I mean, that. why do you think we went to South Bend and took up 75% of their stadium, you know? Why do you think we took over the Rose Bowl? Hey, good job on that. Thanks. But just, well, forever regret not being there. Uh, and I, I think it causes me to lose sleep sometimes, maybe all the time. But what we're seeing here is there's just a little bit of irrational, irrational thought going on and by a little bit I mean a lot and we just got to reel it in and, and realize okay what are we playing for this year we're playing for it let's make as good of a bowl as we can I think there's still the peach bowl and the cotton bowl are still on the table there's still some things to play for but you're right though what can we take out of this year and build on for for next year at this point because you know what if, if all things uh, move forward like we they intend to uh, and, and, and maybe COVID is, is not a factor next year. We play Clemson to, to start the season. So, yeah, uh, we got we to gotta think about that uh, for a second. But it sucks It sucks to be in this situation because we have not had this early of a out on, on a season since since Kirby's – well, except for 2016, but we, we don't really count that. But in, in the last three years, I mean, we've, we've been in the game or in the – uh, run for the for the division for for you know this late in the season every time so uh, chance we have talked for a while about all things not South Carolina who would have known uh, that Mississippi State would have gotten this much of our attention I know I know it's, <laughs> it, 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 and without the hell I mean it probably would have given us I don't would it have been more attention if we had lost to Mississippi State thirty one to twenty one or something like that or would it be less. Because JT is the reason we're talking more about it. Oh yeah. Well, I, I would have um, 
I would have canceled Thanksgiving if we had lost to Mississippi State. <laughs> I would have gotten on national television That's... and say it's over. <laughs> Cut, yeah. Kill it. It's it's done. But um, you bring half a team into Sanford Stadium and, and you beat us, then then you deserve to cancel Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you my quick synopsis of uh, South Carolina. Um, I gave it to you earlier. Um, they don't have a head coach. Their interim head coach is Mike Bobo, an old damn good dog who's played and coached for us uh, for a thousand years, and uh, and they haven't won many games. But neither did Mississippi State, and Mississippi yeah, State man. put it to us. So there's a lot more of a rival, not a rivalry, but like from in terms of players, that there's a lot more of there's a lot of Georgia players that didn't go to Georgia, didn't get to go to Georgia that are at South Carolina. So a lot of these guys know each other or pulling from the same recruiting pool uh, of guys. And so there's usually a lot of tension in this game. And uh, obviously, Will Muschamp's not there. Uh, got cut a couple games. He got fired a couple games ago. And uh, so usually these are the teams that you just got guys that are going to play real hard. And they're going to – they're just like, you know what – we're going to play for our season, and Georgia's the, the team that we can make a statement about to say that we, we do have a team that is, is a good team and, and can play hard yep. in, in a big in a big division game. And um, so this is this is, can be a trap game in, in, in this situation. So I don't know. We'll, we'll just we'll see how it all plays out. No, I agree. It's, it, it's scary. The South Carolina game is always it's, – it's literally every season it's a trap game. I mean, do you remember when we played them in 2017? And uh, we were at a wedding. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but it was a yeah. home game. And it, yeah, we were at a wedding. And people uh, uh, hand-signing us the score of the game during the ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it. The only time I, I was watching it on my phone, and the only time I wasn't watching it was for the you know 15 minutes that was actual ceremony and then right back to it. But it's just one of those things that uh, South Carolina is always, for whatever reason, just just kind of a scary game for us. I hate it. They're always a little bit close, <clears throat> but when we um, when we have a little bit of a revenge factor in this game, like I said earlier, I like that. You know, I don't like that we lost to them last year, obviously, but a little bit of revenge. I mean, just a little extra motivation goes a long way in this kind of game. I was just uh, just wanted to point this out. I was just looking at the ESPN like they had the you know passing leaders, rushing leaders, and then the team stats below it. And, and Stetson Bennett is the uh, still our obviously still our passing leader for the season. He's got eleven fifty sixty seven on the season, and uh, just just hit me that old uh, JT's got a third of that after one game. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty sad. I will say this: South Carolina uh, quarterback Colin Hill, who's a transfer from Colorado State, uh, he uh, got benched in uh, was it the last game? Yeah, when they played against uh, Missouri, and uh, that Luke Doty, I don't know if that's how you say his name, came in. He's kind of like a hybrid. He's a passing and a running quarterback. Uh, so that's one of those things that kind of scares me. Is how many times have we have we played South Carolina? Them have or played any team that has a running quarterback or a dual threat quarterback, and 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 it been a little bit scary for us. But if we can kind of wake up and 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 play our defensive game plan and stop their run because they have a good running back. Kevin Harris has like he's got like yeah he's so he's got almost nine hundred yards on the season. 
I mean, he's he's not bad. He's number twenty, and he's I mean, he's a hard nosed runner. He's kind of built like a bowling ball. He's two twenty five, so he's a guy who can be a little scary. Obviously, got to have a better defensive front uh, than we did last week. Uh, but you know, it's kind of one of those things that they also have uh, two of their defensive backs, uh, J.C. Horn, who is probably going to be potentially first round, maybe maybe for top two round pick, and then another the other cornerback. I can't pronounce his last name, but he's the kid who uh, intercepted Fromm last year three times. Uh, his name is Israel Mutuama, something like that. Uh, Mukwamu. <laughs> Mukwamu. Uh, anyway, yeah, so those two guys opted out last week before the Missouri game, and they lost that game 17-10 to against Missouri. So it's just going to be interesting. I don't know. They still have a good defensive front. Uh, Rick Sandage, who is a guy that we, we recruited pretty heavily, uh, he's still a very good player player for them on the defensive line. So it should be an interesting chance. I think, obviously, this is always a hard game for us, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how we, we turn turn around our defense especially and continue to, to plan and uh, build on, on what we did offensively. Just got to create some type of run game. Uh, we have got to run block and, and be able to, to generate some drives. Uh, JT did all that for us. He, he put all of our drives together on big chunk plays. It was just like we, mm-hmm. I felt like we made up for our lack of explosive plays over the course of the season all in one game. Yeah. So I'd like for us to put a drive together with a little bit of a mix, get Zeus back out, get get get, get Kenny uh, running the ball too. We got him back. Let's, let's put our guys in a position. Um, I'm hoping because of JT's success that South Carolina has to game plan for him a little more because they know they can't give up the explosive play, stretch them out a little bit, gives us some opportunity to be able to run the ball a little bit, create some drives, uh, hopefully. But um, but really offensively, put JT back in a good place, keep that pass protection, and uh, and, and I think we'll be okay. Uh, we'll be able to put up some points uh, on the field. We've got our receivers back, keep those guys healthy. That's the main thing. we just got to stay healthy moving forward. Uh, really just – the key to the game is stay healthy <laughs> and, and and just don't turn the ball over and I think we'll we'll, we'll be okay but defensively we do have to we, we got to get some pressure on a young quarterback and just keep them at cause just a little bit of disruption mm-hmm. don't play into I mean like we we've already mentioned very very typical type of offense so we'll be able to play into this a little better feel a little more comfortable uh, not have to play on our heels so much so Anyway, uh, we have rambled long enough, and uh, yeah. let's, let's go ahead and uh, let's, let's, needless to say, I think we had a few things we needed to get off our chest. Well, I just real quick about the South Carolina game, I got a feeling that we're going to come out offensively and try to make a statement with our running game against against South Carolina because I feel like you got a little bit of an embarrassment over the last weekend. I think Malkin's going to come in, dial up some really good running plays, and, and, and kind of really assert our dominance. So, also, uh, looking some- forward some tight end play. There's going to be some more tight end play coming on. We 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 got a little. I want bit. number zero. I, I want, want some Darnell. Darnell. Mm. Uh, I think we're. I think we kind of got our guys deep. They're going to have to play to that. It's going to open up some some lanes for for our big guys, big receivers. So that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. So Lord willing, Man. we'll see some of that too. Get us a little Thanksgiving Thanksgiving turkey on mm, Saturday. Mm. A little leftovers, mm, baby. Leftovers, Woo! baby. All right, man. Well. uh have a have a happy uh, yeah have, have a happy turkey day yeah happy <laughs> thanksgiving my friend and uh and go dogs hey dogs on top oh, oh.
Do you have to pee this time? No. <laughs>